after me. I, Donald John Trump, do solemnly swear. I, Donald John Trump, do solemnly swear. That I will faithfully execute. That I will faithfully execute. The office of President of the United States. The office of President of the United States. And will, to the best of my ability, and will, to the best of my ability, preserve, protect, and defend. Preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States. So help me God. So help me God. Congratulations, Mr. President. Well, God bless you. Welcome to Prophetic Whispers. This is Elias Flores once again uh, coming to you, um, discussing this uh, powerful uh, thing that we have in our in our country called the elections. It's also called um, the oath, the oath to the Constitution, the oath to the American people, and <laughs> greater yet, an oath to God. And uh, some of the things we're going to be discussing is what's an oath? Okay, what is the biblical perspective of an oath? Why is an oath important? And um, and what's the difference between an oath and a vow? You know, we take marriage vows, and we take and uh, what's the difference between a, a vow and an oath? We're gonna we're going to talk about that a little bit, but we're gonna look at what the Bible says about oath. What is the what does an oath mean? Why did why does the president of the United States put their hand on a Bible when they take their oath? And uh, why on the swearing in is part of the process? Uh, do you promise to um, to uh, protect the Constitution? So help me God. Why is that there? Because it's very important. And it, it and again, I, I believe this was one one president that um, that actually took that vow or that oath serious in other words he was going to do whatever pleased god he was he, he's been the most favorable president towards the church pro life securing our borders pro american pro the people the working people this is an absolute amazing uh, an amazing feat that we had actually a president that was going to hold on to the constitution protecting the second amendment the first amendment taking taking a hold of that that oath and we're seeing it to this very day i know we're in a peculiar time right now where you know a lot of people are very anxious but truth will prevail there's a lot of there's a lot of um, unconstitutional things that have happened in this election and guess what's going to prevail the constitution what's the constitution it's the it's the it's the construct or the product that holds our nation together without the constitution we are a banana republic they have all this voter fraud going on right now it's being caught everywhere watch what happens in the next few days um it's going to be absolutely interesting but here's what i want to point out to you in this is that he made an oath to god and we're going to look at that what does it mean when you oath yourself to God when you make an oath or a commitment to God okay let's look at what an oath is okay just right off the off the bat let's just kind of look at what an oath is okay the difference between an oath and a vow is that an oath is a solemn pledge or a promise to God or a king in other words a an oath is something that you commit to a higher being a higher authority okay that's very important to 
understand, okay, to attest to the truth of a statement or, or a contract, while a vow is a solemn promise to perform an act. So that's a vow. That's why we have wedding vows that we promise to love and cherish to death do us part. You know, we, th those are vows. We give vows. Those are, those are, those are uh, commitments and actions that we take. But an uh, oath is deeper than that. Oath is realizing that there's somebody above you, that there, there is a hand above you, that you are now committing yourself to someone greater than you, okay? And so it is the Constitution that President Trump and all presidents commit themselves to do before God. God is watching everything. You know, God is watching completely everything. And, it, and it's absolutely amazing. I've, I was reading Psalms chapter 2, um, I believe it's verse 4, where it says, I saw the plans of man and I laughed at him. And this is what we have to keep in mind as we move forward. We have, we have a president here that has committed himself in, in the form of oath to the Constitution and that God would help him do it. And this is what we are seeing play out in front of us. Hold on to your hats. It's going to get bumpy. It's going to get crazy. But guess what's going to happen? The Constitution will prevail. Integrity will prevail. Okay? This is what you can rest assured that God is laughing at the plans of those that are coming against the very institution and the very oath that one makes towards God. Okay, this is important for you to understand that on that day that President Trump or Obama or Clinton or it doesn't matter who, you put your hand on the Bible. Okay, you put your hand on the Bible and you solemnly swear an, uh, in oath form to protect the Constitution with God's help. Because we know that there's going to be things that come up that are going to be very, very difficult. So if you look at the track record, you look at the things, you could just Google or don't even Google, go duck, duck, go. Um, you go duck, duck, go and look at all the unconstitutional things that certain presidents did through executive order. What about the Obamacare um, um, tax or the, um, you know, that, 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 that uh, Trump, Appealed. That was unconstitutional. That went through. Was he protecting the Constitution? No, he was breaking it. There are things that presidents have done that have broken the Constitution or have fringed right upon it or had a broad view of the Constitution. So we're going to understand that when he says um, that you pledge this oath, Okay, to protect the Constitution, that's exactly what Donald Trump done. And this is, and towards the end, we're going to show you exactly what an oath looks like. Okay, against all odds, against all odds, taking all enemies on, you protect, you protect the Constitution because you oath that to God, that God is watching, God is looking. Okay, we are one nation under God. Hebrews thirteen. Hebrews six thirteen. Okay, we're gonna we're going to we're going to start getting a little biblical context, and then we'll finish this off. He goes. Hebrews six thirteen um, says this: For when God made a, a a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. In other words, when we go to court and um, they ask us, "Do you promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth?" And uh, so help me God, and we say I do. Why? Because they they recognize that God sees 
everything. Okay, that's what you have to, that when you say that I, I promise to tell the truth, that's why they say, well, you are going to testify under oath. That means God is watching. Not only are we recording, but God is watching. That's why nobody wants to testify under oath. Why do you think they didn't do uh, Hillary Clinton's uh, um, uh, testimony with the FBI under oath with uh, um, uh, in 2017 or 2016, whenever they did all that investigation into 30,000 30, um uh, emails on her server. Why Why do you think they didn't do it under oath? Because if you don't do it under oath, that means you're doing it out of the sight of God. You're not, you, you don't have anybody looking over you. You're not committed to anything. And so that's why if you don't take that statement under oath, then it doesn't mean anything. See, oaths are powerful. Oaths are powerful. And we're going to show you that it is a theological and a biblical thing to do things under oath. Okay, you, don't you think that the, that uh, that people in this country um, don't understand the power of an oath? They do. It's a biblical theological thing. It's brought out straight from the Bible that God is watching, that God is above all things, that God sees everything. Watch this. He says, so for when God made a promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. In other words, he says, I, if if I don't, there's nobody bigger here than me. There's nobody above me. Therefore, I got to do it by myself. In other words, if I don't fulfill my promise to Abraham, guess what? I cease to be God. He swore by himself. He can get no higher than himself. Watch this. It's very powerful truth. Okay? God says, I'm so integral. There's so much truth in me. There's no room for any darkness in me. I'm complete transparent light that... I will oath myself. I oath to myself. Watch this. Okay. He obtained the promise. Okay. Um, Surely blessings I will bless you. Multiplying I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Why did he obtain the promise? He obtained the promise because God was going to make sure that he did it. This is important. Why? Because he oathed it. When God oaths something, nothing can stop it. When God oaths something, Nothing can stop it. And just by the very definition of the Greek word oath, as we'll get into that as we finish this first verse up, you're going to see that be careful what you oath to God. Be careful when you sit there and think that God's not writing things down and listening. Watch this. He says, For men indeed swear by a greater, and an oath for confirmation is for them an end of all disputes. In other words, when they know God, is, they say something under oath, understand that God is watching, God is listening, that God will hold you accountable, guess what happens? It ends up all disputes. I remember years ago growing up, you know, we had one one friend that would always, um, young young Glenn Williams would always say, swear by your mother, swear by your mother. Why? Because they know the mother's father. Swear by your grandfather. Swear by, they always swear by something greater than you or something that you love. That's the That's the process of an oath. So when you want to end all arguments, you take it under oath. And you'll be surprised what people will not say under oath. And here, and, and, and as I've lived long enough, as I've lived life, guess what happens? Guess what happens? You begin to understand that people do not like to oath anything. And when they take this oath, as a president does, they're taking it and saying, God, you are watching me that I, that I, that I protect this constitution 
which is we the people for the Republic of the United States of America. Very powerful, very important to know. So here you have a biblical framework that God, he made an oath, he committed himself to Abraham to make sure that Abraham was going to multiply. Watch this. Thus determining to show the more abundantly to his heirs of promise, the immutability of his counsel, counsel confirmed it by an oath. He confirmed it by an oath. He says, I'm going to make sure Abraham's successful. I'm going to make sure that, um, that um, the children of Israel are going to come out of Egypt. I'm going to make sure that there's going to be a Daniel. I'm going to make sure that um, children of Israel were going to be a long-lasting inheritance. I'm going to make sure the promised land will belong to my children. I'm going to, listen, don't mess with God. He oathed it. He oathed it to himself. This is what you have to understand about making that oath, that when President Trump put his hand on that Bible, okay? Again, you may, some people may not like his tweets. They don't like, you know, he's harsh. He's, what? listen, he's upheld the Constitution, Drives people crazy. He drives people crazy. Why? Because he holds to the law. He holds to what he committed to God. He's going to be very blessed in all this. Again, get your popcorn out. Watch what happens because truth will prevail. Watch this. Okay? He says, by two mutable things, there's two things that his oath, that his oath is secured by. Number one, that that God, it's impossible for him to lie. That's why it's if he said it, he's going to do it. If he spoke it, he'd like it good. Numbers uh, 23, 19. God's not a man that he should lie. Okay? <laughs> Boom. He's not. He can't lie. Okay? And what's the other immutable thing? Okay, don't forget. Immutable means unchangeable. He doesn't change. He doesn't mutate. He doesn't, doesn't move forward. So it says, in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope that's set before us. So now again... Because of the oath that God made to himself, okay, he made to himself, that means that everything that God promised Abraham was going to come to pass or he would cease to be God. And look at all the legacy of Abraham. This is very powerful. The word oath is the Greek, Greek word horkos. Now, this word horkos means to be limited, to restraint. In other words, what God does is not, it's not that he restraints you, okay? He restraints outside circumstances and 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 situations that will thwart the plans that he oathed. Very important to understand that the word articles means to restrain. In other words, nothing's going to stop what he's done. So he will put borders and boundaries around. Okay, it comes from the root word horion, which which really means to put boundaries. In other words, God protects what he said he's going to do. If God said it, he'll do it. If he spoke it, he'll make it good. And so when you oath something, you got to put boundaries on things in order to make sure that it gets done, that nothing gets in the way, that nothing will stop it. That's the power of an oath, that there's limits on things, that God's going to get some things done. God's going to do some things because he oathed it. Okay, he owed it. And so when you start wrapping your mind around what does that mean? What, is, what, is, what does that oath mean? When you take an oath, when you take a vow, okay, the, the vow is what? Certain things you commit to do. Do you promise to, to, um, to love and to hold for better, for worse, for sickness and the health? Those are wedding vows. Those are things you commit to do. But when you oath, that means you commit to someone higher than you. That's the power of an oath. That's what scares everybody to death about the oath, okay? 
That's you, you don't want you don't want to testify under oath if you're not ready to tell the truth. Why? Because God is watching. Now let's look at the power of an oath. You look at Exodus chapter six, one through thirteen. I, I don't. I'm just going to skim through this real quick because I want to show you when God promised Abraham something. Okay, when God promised Abraham that that the children of Israel will be delivered, and you, you'll find this throughout Abraham's life that one of the 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 prophecies was that his inheritance would come and possess the promised land, which was the children of Israel in Exodus, okay, and with Pharaoh and all that stuff. Watch what he says here. He goes, then the Lord said to Moses, now you shall see what I do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand he will let them go. What was he doing? What was he doing? He says, look, I'm, I'm, I've oathed this. This is going to happen. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to restrain some things and I'm going to loose you. I'm going to hold the enemy back. I'm going to blind him with, with, with crazy pride. I'm going to get him angry. I, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to make this happen. That's an oath. He made an oath to himself. He ain't going to fail. He's made an oath. See, when you oath to God, when you oath to God, he's going to make sure that you don't fail. Watch this. Watch this. And he says, For with a strong hand he will let them go, and with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land. And God spoke to Moses and said, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But my name, but my name, by my name, Lord, I was not known to them. In other words, in their conversion state before he goes, I introduced myself. They didn't even know who I was, but they got to know me real quick. They began to understand who I was. They began to father some things that were going to come because of an oath that I made to myself. They didn't do it themselves. See, this is the work of grace. You can't do this for yourself. You need, you need God to do this. If you look at this verse, if you look at this verse that, um, that God will multiply um, in Hebrews chapter uh, 6, verse 13, where it says that God would multiply Abraham. You got to understand something. God told, God told Adam, you know, be fruitful and multiply and, and, um, and replenish the earth. He told him that. Then when Noah comes in, I believe it's Genesis chapter 11, he tells, when he gets out of the ark, he tells Noah the same thing. He's, he tells him, multiply and replenish the earth. Okay, now, but but neither of them neither of them did a very very good job of what God wanted to do. So that when He meets Abraham here, you're reading a manifestation of that. You know what He says? I will multiply you. He tells Abraham, "Look, I seen what Mo, uh, Noah did, and I see what Adam did. Now watch what I can do." Okay, why? Because He made an oath to Himself. See, God's committed to you. He's committed to his plan. He's committed to his word. He's putting boundaries on things. There's things that are providential. There are things, but he needs people to understand the power of an oath. That God said it, he'll do it. Okay? What you've committed to. This is what I want to lay the foundation of as we move forward with this. Okay? And then he says this. Okay? My cup. They did not know. I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan. To give them the land of Canaan. And the land of their pilgrimage in which they were strangers. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage. And I have, and I have remembered my covenant. Therefore, therefore, say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord your God. I will bring them out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rescue uh, you from your bondage and I will redeem you from an, out, from an outstretched arm with great judgments. Listen, what's he saying? He says, there's boundaries to these things. I'm going to preserve you. They think they got you, but I got you. The Red Sea, you could go down to all the miracles that he did. Why? Because God oathed it. 
God had made an oath. And don't forget, what, what did uh, Hebrews 6 say? He says, to the inheritance to come, the future was secure because God made that promise to Abraham and he promised by him being God. He committed himself to his own word. That's why it says his word, his word is above his name. Okay, that, that's a powerful statement because of an oath. Because of an oath. Watch this. Watch this. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. Okay. Who brings you out from under the burdens of the, of the Egyptians. And I will bring you into a land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I will give to you as an inheritance. I am the Lord. So, so Moses spoke thus to the children of Israel. But they did not heed Moses because of the anguish of the spirit and the cruel. See, there's something, there's something that, that happens to a people when, when they've been beat down long enough. Good news seems so, so far away from it. It's too good to be true. Listen, when God owed something, he's going to get it done. When you, Again, he owed it, it's going to get done. He didn't vow it, he owed it. This is powerful, he owed it. Now watch this. Now watch this. And the Lord said to Moses, Go in, tell, tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let, let the children go out, of, go out of the land. Then Moses spoke before the Lord, saying, The children of Israel have not heeded me. How then shall Pharaoh heed me? For I am uncircumcised lips. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and gave them a command for the children of Israel and Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, to bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. Now watch this. This is important for you to understand. God says, I put boundaries on what Pharaoh will do because I've owed the promised land. I've owed a promised people. I've owed this. Nothing is going to stop this. Okay? Nothing. I put boundaries and parameters on what he can do. That's the word horkos. Don't forget. This is an oath. God made an oath. This is why when, when the president puts their hand on the Bible, they're acknowledging that there is a God that is watching what they do. That's, a, that's, that's powerful. That, that's the perspective. That's the right perspective. That when they put that hand on the Bible, they are acknowledging God. And I know that we got some crazy people out there that, that, uh, you know, that are in Congress now that, are, that, that will put their hand on the Quran. They'll put that. No, no. No, no. It's the Bible. It's the Bible. They take an oath to. So again, let's continue on. Okay. So here, why was why was God why was God telling Moses, you know, I'm commanding this. And command why? Because he he goes, I've already hedged it in. I already got it in order. I already got it in place. Okay. There is boundaries on what Pharaoh can do. I've already set the boundary because I'm going to get this done. And Moses, you're the one to do it. I need you to commit to me. Watch this. He says that Moses commanded uh, command the children of Israel and Pharaoh king of Egypt to bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. So now it was no longer, it was no longer an idea. It was no longer a discussion. Now it was a command. Why? Because God made a note to himself. God was not going to let Abraham down. God was not going to let the future down. So guess what? God's not going to let you down. And that's why when on inauguration day, we have the oath to protect the constitution. So help me God. In other words, again, knowing that God is watching knowing that you are committed to God, knowing that. And, and I, watching this administration move and go and how what they've done with pro-life, what they've done with um, defunding uh, Planned Parenthood, what I've seen them do uh, regard, regarding um, the, the sovereignty of our nation, uh, 
illegal immigration. I mean, building the wall, protecting us, making sure, making uh, no wars, no crazy, no, you know, there's actually peace in the Middle East. We got all these peace treaties going on. And uh, yeah, because that's what the Constitution does. It allows you to build, okay? It allows you to build as a free people. Okay, not under bondage, not somebody telling you to put a mask on, not somebody telling you you can't go here, you can't go there. No, that that's socialism, that's Marxism, that's communism. They want total control of you. But God said, but God said, okay, but God says, if you trust me, I'll do what I said I was going to do because I made an oath. Your success is secured if you obey me and Commit to the oath that you made to me. Now watch what it says here. And the Lord heard a sound of your words and was angry and he took an oath. Now God takes another oath. Now watch this. Same. Surely not one of these men of evil of this evil generation shall see the good of the land which I swore to give to their fathers except Caleb the son of Jephunneh. He shall see it and to him and his children I am giving the land on which he walked because he wholly followed me. In other words, there's a commitment, there's an oath that that um, jo- uh, Caleb and Joshua made to God, that they were committed to God. They lived before God. They got the message of the kingdom. They got the message of, of what God was telling them, that they were going to possess the land, that they were going to destroy the enemies, that, they, that the land belonged to them. He believed the oath that he made um, to Abraham he believed it and carried it on. See, that's a, what, what has God promised to do? What has God said? What has God said? You have to understand the power of an oath. You have to understand that when, when your president stands up there and puts his hand on the Bible, okay, the judges, they, when they make you put their hand on the Bible, okay, when they make you say, do you promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, that's a powerful statement. That's a Judeo-Christian value system. That, again, when people start saying, well, we're not a Christian nation, we're not a, no, no, we are. We are. Our judicial system is based on that. It's, it's, it's biblical, completely biblical. We see this playing out here in Deuteronomy. God says, I'm taking an oath. I'm promising that these people will not make it into the promised land. You read, you read, I believe it's Romans chapter 4. It tells you that they did not, because they, they perished in the desert because they didn't mix the word with faith. Why? Because they didn't believe the oath that God made. Listen, it's time to believe God with the oath that he made. Now this word oath, I love this word oath. Okay, This word oath in the, in the Hebrew, Okay, as you read it in the Old Testament now, Okay, don't forget, what, what was oath in the first, in, in the Greek, it was the word horkos, right? But then we have a deeper meaning here in the word um, in the word um, oath, which is the word sava, which gets its root meaning from seba, which means completed number seven. It means the number seven. Another seven days in a week. So it's an oath. It's that's a complete week. Is the word is the number seven, seba. That's the root word of oath, meaning that there's no room for anything else. It's a completed act. It's a completed thought. There's no There's no room for shadow of turning. There's no, that's why when he oaths something, he's completely committed to it. There's no shadow of turning. That makes, that makes Hebrews 6 make sense, where he says there's two immutable things. It's impossible for God to lie. It's impossible for God to lie. 
effort God to change. It's immutable. He doesn't change. So when God says something, he's like the number seven, which is the number of completion. That's an oath. So when God said something, he nailed it. He nailed it. There's no room. There's no shadow of turning. This is what we have seen played out in front of us. And this is what we... Um, we, we desire from our presidents and our leaders that when they put their hand on the Bible, that they are completely sincere and honest, knowing that God is watching what they are doing in office and in their authority. You could be like, you can be, uh, as I turn the page now in uh, Mark chapter 6, verse 19 through 29, there's people that make evil oaths. Okay, there's people that make bad oaths. Okay, so those are the good oaths. That's understanding what an oath is. That's understanding the biblical perspective of an oath. When God oaths, we understand the new covenant is an oath. It's an oath. It's a promise from God that is already hedged in. It's already things, certain things already predetermined, predestined. Okay, God does the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. So again, if you don't trust his plan, if you don't trust the oath that he made to himself, that whatever he promised you, whatever he said, you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle. That's why you've got to get into the word of God. You've got to know what he oathed to you. You got to know what he oath to the children of Israel. You got to know what he is oath to those that would follow him. What has he oath to us? Come on. Now watch this. You got you got this 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 other oath that was made. You find it in Mark in in chapter Mark Mark chapter 6 19 through 29. It's Herod, okay? It's Herod. Herod and John the Baptist. Now listen to this, okay? Therefore Herodias Herodias held it against him and wanted to kill him. He's talking about John the Baptist. This is this is the the little uh, the little daughter of um, of Philip, uh, uh, the brother of Herod. Here, okay, watch this. He says he held it against him and wanted to kill him, but she could not, for Herod feared John. Now, why did Herod fear John? Because he knew John was a holy man, a prophet. He knew John knew God. He knew John knew God. Be careful when you start messing with men of God. Okay, even evil men know men of know that they are men of God. There's a story that that um, that was spoken by the great uh, R.C. Sprawl about about um, uh, one a PGA golfer and um, and a friend of the president uh, and and another golfer. They all went out golfing and and Billy Graham, which happened to be the president the 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 pastor to the president, uh, he was golfing with them and um, and uh, when they got about halfway through. The golfing, um, his friend just pulled off the course nine nine holes in, and he started going to the um, started going to the um, golfing range, uh, you know, and he started just hitting driving balls, just hitting out of anger. He was so mad, he was hitting and hitting and hitting, and so finally the the, the man says he walked up to him and says, "Why are you Why are you so angry? Why did you leave?" He goes, "I cannot stand." the Bible being forced down my throat. And he says, what do you mean? He goes, did Billy Graham come down really hard on you? He says, no, he didn't say a word. What was, what is that? He says, the conviction of the Holy Spirit. It's that what happened. See, God has designed you to want to do well. Your conscience is, 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 is designed to want to please God. You're attracted to being well and wholesome, but you know, we got we got some work to do. <laughs> you know, even evil men admire men that are committed and strong to the Lord and holiness is attractive, righteousness is attractive, peace is attractive. Watch this. 
Okay, so they fear, he feared John the Baptist because he knew John was a man of God. Watch, and this will prove out lately. And when he heard him, he did many things and he heard him gladly. In other words, he was a fan of his. He was a fan of John the Baptist. Okay? Then an opportune day came when Herod, on his birthday, gave a feast to his nobles and the high officers and the, and the chief men of Galilee. And when Herodias' daughter uh, herself came in, okay, and danced and pleased Herod and those who sat with him, the king said to the girl, Ask me whatever you want and I will give it to you. Ask me whatever you want and I'll give it. He also swore to her, Whatever you ask me, I will give you uh, up to half the kingdom. So she went out and she went to her mother. What shall I ask? And he says, Give me John the Baptist's head. Immediately she came in in haste to the king and asked him, saying, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. Watch this. And the king was exceedingly sorry, yet because of the oath he made. What did he do? He made a problem. That was, he was a seven. He committed himself. to. There was no vow. He knew the power of an oath. He says, I can't lie. I'm committed to that. He's a seven in this. He's completed in this. He has to complete it or, or he loses all integrity. Watch this. Watch what happens. He says this. He goes, for the oath because of those who sat with him. In other words, there was people around him to hold him accountable to what he said. He did not want to refuse her. Immediately the king sent out an executor and, and his head was on a platter. And they gave it to the girl and the girl gave it to the mother. When the disciples heard of it, they came in and took his body away. And they laid it in a tomb. In other words, they gave it the dignity it belonged to. That they belong to the man of God. They they did that. Listen, this is the power of an oath. I look back on that day in January when, when President Trump put his hand on that Bible and I see the results of what he's done. Okay? Because God, he committed to God to protect the Constitution. So help me God. He took the oath. God was watching. I believe God's going to vindicate this whole mess that we are in right now. But listen to, listen to the blessing that has come upon us because of this. Four million jobs created since election. Four, four, more Americans are now employed than ever recorded before in history. We have created more than 400,000. This is, this is straight off their website. Okay? Um, these accomplishments that have happened. Watch this. Okay? We have created more than 400,000 manufacturing jobs since my election. This is what's important to understand. Remember when Obama says these jobs are never coming back? What, you got a magic wand? Yes, we do. We have an oath. We have a promise that we are one nation under God. Listen, this is, this is, listen, you got to understand you're messing with God. This election tampering we got going on, watch what happens. They're messing with God. Watch this. He says, manufacturing jobs growing at the fastest rate in more than three decades. Economic growth, the last, uh, the last quarter hit 4.2%. New unemployment claims recently hit a 49-year low. Medium household income has just hit the, the highest level ever recorded in history. Listen, American, Afri African-American unemployment has been recently achieved the lowest rate ever. Okay, Hispanic Americans, lever, Asian, Women unemployed recently reached the lowest rate in 65 years. Youth unemployment has recently hit the lowest rate in nearly a half a century. Lowest unemployment rate ever recorded for Americans without diplomas. 
Under my administration, veterans' unemployment recently reached its lowest rate of 20 years. Almost 3.9 million Americans have been lifted off food stamps since the election. That is powerful. Listen, no more government assistance. People were standing on their feet. Watch this. The pledge... The pledge to America workers has resulted in America's committing to train more than 4 million Americans. We are committed to vocational education. 95% of U.S. manufacturers are opportunistic about are optimistic about the future, the highest ever. Retail sales, I can go on and on. What, what about this? What about this? The, the Signed the biggest package of tax cuts and reforms in history after tax cuts over 300 billion poured back into the U.S. in the first quarter alone. As a result, our tax bill, small business, will have the lowest top marginal tax rate in more than 80 years. This Watch this. Help, help win the U.S. bid for the 2028 Olympics. Yes. Helped win the U.S., uh, Mexican, uh, Canada, United bid for 2020 World Cup. Dakota Access Pipeline, you know, record number of regulations eliminated, enacted regulatory relief for community banks and credit unions, Obamacare individual mandate, mandate, tax is gone. That's what made it unconstitutional. They made it mandatory. Can't do that. Drugs, I mean, signed the right to try legislation. How many people were saved because they had the right to try different uh, drugs that, were, that, uh, that, that would help them, okay? Uh, s- secured a $6 billion, um, in new funding to fight the opiate epidemic. That's huge. That's huge. Moved, moved um, our embassy to Jerusalem, okay? <laughs> Listen, this, these are amazing things, okay? Took us out of the took us out of the uh, the Iran Iranian deal. That was another disaster. Okay, confirmed more circuit court judges than any other um, any other new administration. Confirmed three court justices: Gorsuch, uh, Brett Kavanaugh, and now Amy Comey Barrett. Okay, again, I, I mentioned that he. I mean, there's just so much that he's done and accomplished for we the people. Again, why? because he took an oath to protect the Constitution. What you are seeing is the Constitution at stake in this, this election. Not, not President Trump, but the Constitution. And this is what our founding fathers, who were great lawyers and great warriors, this is what they designed to protect we the people so that we wouldn't become a banana republic pushed around by dictators but we have the right to control and build our destinies under the hand of God and be people of faith and be, and be people of love and be generous because we can give and we can love and we can take care of the poor and we can help other countries and we can do these things. Why? Because God oathed to Abraham and to his inheritance. He owed himself so God cannot fail. Hang in there. We have a president who put his hand on the Bible and the oath to God. So help me God to protect the Constitution. Again, the power of an oath. Hmm. Just something to behold. Let's watch God do what only he can do. God bless you. We love you. And remember, he took an oath. 
Now watch the Oath Giver. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.